0: Hello guys, Johnny Nuggets back with you guys once again, part two, it's incredible. Really at, you know, I've been doing these podcasts, trying to do them more consistently for you guys, trying to push it out. It's hard sometimes, man. Cause it's like, for me, I have three jobs. So like I work in, I work in Hagerstown, Maryland. I work in Montgomery County, Maryland, and then I work in DC as well so trying to basically have the time to you know push out these are very it's a sacrifice i'm sacrificing personal life personal freedom to create content and you know if you guys can subscribe like it really does really does help me stay motivated to do these because there's a lot of people that have told me i listen to you because Either, you know, you are, you've always been there for me or, you know, life, life happens and I like knowing that I'm not going through, you know, the worst things on my own as well. So being able to have that frame of mind is really what's powerful for me because we all, we all have dips and turns. We all fall short. In life. If you think about your life now, if you think about something that hasn't worked out, that hasn't helped helped establish your your dominance or your will to succeed or some something, whether it's job related, whether it's friendship related, whether it's relationship related, whether it is uh, religion related, we all fall short for something, and for me, I've been falling short, and that's why we're going into part two. Basically, my professional heartbreak now. So, I've got three jobs. One of them, I'm a part time assistant manager somewhere, which is pretty cool. Uh, I honestly should even be shouldn't even be a part time assistant manager because I barely work there, but. It, it always, friends, one of the things I, I need to tell you is relationships are key, whether it's, whether it's, you know, job related, politically, uh, politically related, or just life related in general, because the more that you build on relationships, you will go further in life. You know, I've told you guys, Plenty of times about how my parents are going to be for political office, and that's something that's very important to me. Something I look forward to doing. It's like I've told you guys in previous podcasts. I have accepted the fact that there are going to be people that you know love me, <laughs> and people that hate my guts. And for me, I'm built. I'm, I wouldn't say like I'm. I would say I'm a little, I'm a little bit built different because I relish. I relish when people love me and I relish when people hate me because it means that I'm standing for something. It means I, I have, I have, you know, morals and I have ethics and I have non-negotiables in my life. And for me, that's powerful because if if I am just doing it, if I'm not, if I'm just doing things because everyone will like me, then Then who am I? You know, that doesn't serve me any good. That doesn't serve you guys listening any good if I just tell you guys what you guys want to hear. So, anyway, that now, now let me, let me, you know, tell you guys that that has harmed me in some jobs (laughs) and uh, some relationships politically because I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat anything. You know, if I rock with you, I freaking rock with you. If I rep you, I, fr- I freaking rep you. You know, my parents, I, I my father's the pastor. I freaking rep that dude wherever I go. He's my pride and joy. He is, he is the reason that I am so proud that I'm, I have the ability to speak in public. The reason I have the joy for being someone people look up to. I saw my father do it. And I've told you guys about the many churches he's been at. There were some small, a lot of them were big. So he knows what it is like to speak in front of a crowd of at the biggest church. It was probably like 400 people in the service per each service. So about 1200 people on a Sunday. So he knows what he's doing and he helped instill that confidence and the ability to speak Public speaking is something that for me is very easy to do. And I thank my father for that. He always told me when, when I do run for a political office, that is something that he has instilled in me that for sure I will succeed and I will be capable and leading grown people. And that's exciting. But Let let me get back to what we were talking about, professional, professional heartbreak. So like I told you guys I I have three jobs. And one of the jobs I uh, I don't really like. It's a job. The other one it's it's okay. Um and then one of them is, you know, my favorite, but I barely work there. So it's like basically it's something that'll help me in the future, but basically it's just getting my foot in the door, and getting, you know, my young pup. So that job I That job's in D.C., so that one's like that one is basically preparing me for political office. So that's something that I really just enjoy doing. But the other two are just jobs. And right now, I'm trying to take the next step in my journey, take the next step in my career, because you're your own greatest ally, no matter what anyone says. I've I've heard I've heard it all from, you know I've worked at. I've worked in many different, what's it called? I've worked in many different areas of, of job sectors, whether it's politically, whether it's in uh, factory work, whether it's in retail work, whether it's in sales work, whether it's in radio, I've, I've done a little bit of everything, which is something that I really think will help me speak to people politically in the future. But it because I could I I'm a man of the people. And I know how to lead people, even though a couple of my jobs don't really see it that way. But that's neither here nor there. And one of the things I've always told you guys, if if is if your job doesn't believe in you, then it's time for you to go, you know, because for me, I take pride in, in my jobs. I take pride in my work ethic. I take pride in who I am as a person. And I take pride in the fact that I'm not going to, you know, just say stuff to get promoted. And now that that has, that has hurt me in a couple of my jobs. That hasn't always worked out, but one of my jobs that I was in for the longest time, now my head boss is in Florida. I thought about, you know, going down there. I, you know, I lied. I, I was telling someone the other day, I lied politically with Florida. Oh, well, not like politically, but like, what's it called? Like with their values for, I guess politically as well too, for some of the things. But I aligned like the wet, like weather, like I, I don't like the cold. I live in the mid Atlantic, hate the cold, but it's something that really is one of my bosses instilled into me that, the desire, that, you know, work ethic. And I remember I was just a, just a young pup still in college, still doing my thing. And he basically told me, I will, I will, I will help raise you up. I will make you succeed. I will be the one that I see a whole lot of potential in you, Johnny. And I know you're going to go far. And we've had a heck of a journey, heck of a journey. And basically we had that journey for three to four, uh, offices and I was his right hand man. I was who he built his reputation on. I was the person I was not gonna sugarcoat I was basically second in charge, but I was also his voice. He didn't like conf- confrontation. He wasn't I was basically the he was the good cop I was the bad cop you know, we instilled that work ethic in our people that made us succeed. And he succeeded all the way to basically being in Florida now in a high, higher-up position. And he's always told me, Johnny, you know, when, when you're ready, we're, we want you back. But <laughs> for me, I would, I would go back and work for him because I know how much he values me as a person, as my character, my work ethic, my ability to succeed in hard times. You know, when he left the company I was working for, I was basically stranded, if you will. I had, I could have stayed, you know, I could have gone, uh, but there were some things that I felt like the rug was gonna be pulled out under me at some point. So I wanna get out before, you know, they frame me not really frame me, but they basically, they basically, how do I say it? They they would, the person who replaced my my former boss was someone who wasn't my biggest fan. Let's just say that he was, you know, he was scared that I would overtake him at some point. I would basically overthrow him, which, you know, I probably could <laughs> because I just, I, I, I know my ability. I know what I bring to the table and I know who I am. I know my values and I know that I will, I will rise to the top. Kareem always rises to the top, but he didn't really like me too much. And he, if I would have stayed, he would have basically put me into like a box and no one would touch me, you know? So kind of like, uh, kind of like in the NFL, you know, people label you as a backup quarterback or they label you as a starting quarterback. And once you have that stench of backup quarterback then you're basically, you're not going to get out of that. You know, there's very few quarterbacks that have ever done that. Kurt Warner is one. Uh, that's, that's the only one I can really think of right now. Oh, Gino Smith currently, a little bit. Now he still has a lot to prove, but Gino Smith. Uh, but yeah, so I thought like the the new guy that will been in charge of me would basically limit my progress. And for me, I'm never going to stay somewhere and just spin my wheels because I am I am young I am the the one thing that everyone can say is my work ethic is there my willingness to succeed is there and you know some people that rubs them the wrong way because I take I take all three of my jobs very seriously very very seriously you know I I I want to be the best in whatever I do. Now, maybe that's because I did sports in high school, basketball, track, football, whatever. But that, besides that, you know, we had some professional heartbreak right after personal heartbreak. So, basically, one of my jobs, I had an interview for a promotion of sorts uh, in one of my industries that I work in. I would have been basically... You know, take it to the next level, if you will, uh, for a a different air. Like I don't know how to describe it, but one of my jobs, someone, someone that used to know someone that worked there, needed someone at like a higher up position, and they decided to interview me. So it was something that I was I was honored to be a part of. It was something that I was hoping to get. It was something that I I spent. months. I I got the I got the call about a month and a half ago that Jody, you're you're the you're in the running for this this job, and I really studied up. I really studied up on what to say, in the interview process. I felt like I had all the answers. I had someone vouching for me to get the job, but I knew I had to fight for it. I knew I had to compete for it at the highest stages. And that got, that got my blood flowing. That got my juices hyped. That, it was all I could think about. I slept, ate a brave. and you know, I put a lot of pressure on my shoulders, but that's, I expect, I expect that. I expect to be the best man, like, it was exciting. Anyway so in this industry someone and a competitor basically you know told me hey told that you some people hey johnny's the right guy because of some previous stuff that i've done at at the at one of my former companies so i was excited i was excited i had i remember i had to basically maneuver my way into the interview because it was is when you have three jobs, man, it's it's hard to find free time. And I have a podcast I'm doing, and I, you know, I work out. And it's probably a good thing about a relationship because I, it's it's hard to make time for me. But I I was, I, I would say called, I would have moved mountains for this interview. So I had this interview. I was looking forward to it. I'd studied for the longest time. I, I felt like I knew what to say. My, one of my old mentors basically helped coach me for this. And I thought I was going to succeed. And for me, that's, that's all I think because I know who I am. So I go to the, I basically have this interview on, on zoom. So I get into the chat room. First of all, the, I'm, the, basically, the one of the high-ups, high, high ups, uh, I guess, was going to monitor the interview. And this job was going to be in Virginia. So I would have basically probably left a couple of my jobs and focused on this job. I felt ready. I felt excited for the opportunity. And, you know after you know my personal heartbreak with this girl my mind just wasn't there like it just felt bad i i was like i was trying to move i was trying to basically shut out my personal life and just focus on my professional life but it didn't happen the way that i wanted it to i tried to basically you know ask like ask my coworkers at my jobs like hey this girl what do you think of it and like I thought they were all gonna side with her like yeah this is weak like that's just weird yeah but like most of them sided with me so it's like so then I was I was like in my feelings a little bit so I was not in the best mental state but I was still passionate because I focus on my jobs a whole lot and I, I get excited so I had this interview Monday. It was a Monday morning at nine a.m. on on the Zoom, and I I had studied so much, and I think I overstudied because I I felt like I had too much that I was saying, and if you don't be once I get on the roll talking, it's pretty hard to stop. So I get into the interview room, and the, the one of the big the big dogs is basically gonna monitor the interview, and they. Basically, they opened the the Zoom meeting like four minutes late. So that already had me kind of nervous because I, I was like, I said, I was like looking at my dates, making sure it was like the interview was that day. And then finally, they're like, she's like apologizing saying, oh, well, we did it that well or something like, oh, it we're having technical difficulties. So that rubbed me the wrong way. And then she didn't have her camera on and I have my camera on. And because it said in the in the in the email that you have to have your camera on. You have to basically go through, you have to answer these questions, you have to, you know, give all this stuff. And she did have her camera on and that just threw me a little bit because I like to interact with people face to face. And if it's through Zoom, I wanna see their I wanna see how they react to what I say. So that rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> And then she's like, yeah, I don't know where your, I guess, direct supervisor is right now. He's not answering his phone and he's not in our, in our, in our zoo meeting. But I'm like, bye bye. I'm like, this is not professional at all. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like, if I, like, if, like, if I was his boss, like, I would be like pissed off. I was like, yeah, you have like, a, you, you literally could be hiring the guy that's going to be your, literally your, your second in command. Like, what, what are you doing? So that threw me. He did, so he basically was a no-show for like the first 10 minutes. So basically this higher-up was doing the interview. And it was really crowing because her camera wasn't on. So I I had no idea if she was digging what I said or not. So then finally this dude comes on on Zoom and he's like, and he's actually on camera. And he's like, oh, sorry, I was, uh, I." uh, I forgot. Like, why why would you why would you say you forgot? Like, can you just make up something? Because that's super disrespectful to me. So then I was I was a little bit agitated at that, but I was unprofessional. I I basically just was like, oh, you know, like it's it's cool, it's it's life happens, you know. So 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 I basically I was trying my best to answer the questions and she and then and then he's starting to ask questions that weren't in my like review prompt to like study for. And she's like, she, she basically tells the guy, he's she's like, I don't know what you're looking at, but those aren't the questions that we're going to be asking uh, Jonathan today. And she was like, but we'll just ask those instead. So then now I, 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 I'm not like I studied for these and then it was completely different questions at this point. So I was a little bit thrown. And then he takes off his camera. Like, I guess because he saw she wasn't on the camera. So he took his camera off, asking me all these questions. And I'm trying to, to answer them. And there's, I can't see their faces. I can't see if they if they like what I'm saying, what I'm dishing out. Because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm doing good. I'm knocking these out of the park. But then in my mind, I'm like, maybe I'm over talking, but like I can't see their faces to see like what they are. So I felt. Kind of stupid because I just, I was talking and I, like I said, once I get talking, it's very hard for me to stop talking. So yeah, basically they asked me, why do you think you're the best fit for this job? And I basically told them straight out, like, look, I've done this and this and this and this, and I am ready for this opportunity. I have, I have been in this industry, you know, four or five years. I've, you know, uh, been in this same position before I have basically had to get, uh, you know, do certain things to basically help elevate. Uh, you know, and so I had no idea of like whether they like liked my interview or not. And they and then and then the manager like he was on a camera, and I guess I guess he wasn't vibing with me too well because he was giving like and he literally wasn't talking. Like the only person I was talking to was the executive. So basically, I was trying to get him to talk. I was like, hey, like. I was trying to ask him like questions like, hey, what about this? And doing it this way and all this stuff. He's giving like word answers. And like I literally was doing my best. And then and then I was thinking about like, yo, know, my life is literally turning upside down. Like, why? Like, why am I going through this? So it was so I'm not sure why he was late to the meeting. Uh, but then I found out later that he, this, the dude that would have been my supervisor, hated the guy that basically referred me to this job. So it was like, it was kind of a sucker punch. And then two days later, I get email that says, you know, thank you for your consideration, all this stuff, at this time, we are gonna be moving forward with you as a candidate. And I was like, and then I called my buddy, I am like, yo, like, do you know this dude, like, is the direct supervisor? like i would be reporting to and he was like oh i was like i thought he was being replaced i'm like dude like so yeah long story short i didn't get the job and (laughs) my buddy i was like i it was all good though because like my buddy didn't know and but it was disappointing it was very disappointing because it was something i really wanted i would have basically you know had something i really wanted Something that would help me more financially. That would have helped me grow as a person. And it was a sucker punch. Right after, you know, getting a sucker punch with, with with this person that I thought was special in my personal life. So, so it basically, how do you respond? How do you respond to things not going your way? How do you respond to, you know, taking the high road in life? How do you respond to disappointment? And I've been through, I've been through the fire. I've been through trials of tribulation and it's never fun It's never fun. But you just have, if, if you're going through something, you have to have a positive outlook, you have to be like, Hey, I know who I am and I know good things will happen to me if I work hard enough for it. And I had, I, I'm not gonna lie. I had a kind of a, uh, kind of a little bit of a, a breakdown after, after that. Not really like immediately after that interview and all that transpired, but like last weekend, it was hard. I was, I got hope from one of my jobs and I was thinking to myself, what, what is my life? Where, where am I going? What is my direction in life? And I felt like the biggest disappointment ever. And for me, I want to make my parents proud. Luckily I never told them about this opportunity yet because I didn't want to, you know, disappoint them. And I never want to disappoint them. And my parents are the, my greatest ally, my greatest motivators. And without them, you know, I wouldn't be anywhere where I'm at today. I truly believe that. Even though they didn't spoil me, I had to pay for my own college. I had to pay for everything. They, you know, you know, they they were like at 18. They're like, hey, it's time for you to go. Even though they didn't do that with my brother. Basically, they wanted be, they wanted to they they thought that I could handle more responsibility, I guess, than my older brother. And I did disappoint him. But, you know, going through it, it, it sucked. Because I really, I really, I felt like I deserved this job and not getting it. And it was just hard. And for me, I know I'm going to keep moving forward. I know this is just when you when you have something that's a temporary setback or something that didn't go your way, you have to think to yourself, hey, I you still have to take chances. Cause if you don't take chances, you won't get to where you want to be. If you don't take chances, then you will never have the opportunity to fail. And for me, failing is is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to as, as hard as sometimes it sounds it's it's exciting because you know you put yourself out there you put yourself vulnerable like vulnerability i do that person in my personal life i do that in my professional life and you have you have to go for what you want in life because no one's going to hand you anything and for me yes i have a temporary setback But that doesn't mean that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out there and fail again, because I'm gonna tell you guys something. For one of my jobs, one of my jobs that I have currently, I, uh, I am uh, what, I, I barely work there, but it's basically something that gets me at the doorway to what I want to do in my life. I'm on the payroll now. Before that, I was an intern. I was a volunteer, if you will. And now I'm doing something that, yeah, technically I'm barely there, but I'm getting my foot in the door and it will help. It'll help me in the future. So no matter what setbacks you have, you have to think of it as a learning opportunity, as uh, as what leaders do. Leaders fail. Leaders give it everything they have, and they don't, they don't. Would they would they get the, the no to the job or the no to personal life if if no to going out with you or no to being your friend or no to anything? You have the people that succeed take the risk and face the disappointment sometime. And for you guys and for me, we have to learn. To not just do it, but, you know, relish it. Because it only makes us better. Only makes us better. Anyway. So yeah, that that was disappointing in my professional life. It was something that, you know, kind of tore me up a little bit. But I'm still here. I'm still going to fail, but there will be days where I will succeed and things that I do in my life that I will get, I will get to the top at some day, at some point, at some day. And that journey is exciting. And every day I wake up excited because I put myself out there. I will never back down, never back down. If you know me from high school, if you do me from college, if you do me from any of my jobs, you know that I will never back down. I just get excited and I'm passionate and people need to be more of that. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for listening to part two. You can subscribe, like, all that. That is very much appreciated. Thank you guys. And I will see you guys at the next spot.